Hey everyone, and welcome back to our Prove It podcast, where we study God's Word and find ways to prove it in our life. And we are joining you from our new studio room. So uh, yeah, we're in a new location and trying some things out today. So uh, hopefully it works out. But I'm liking the vibe. I feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, it's like like a living room or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm joined by my wife, uh, Kelsey Cook, our our, uh, children's minister at LeClaire. And I'm Daniel. I'm the discipleship minister. And and so far, we've been going through the book of John. So we're going to continue doing that today, uh, hitting chapters 7 and 8 today. Yeah, this this is a little, <laughs> little tougher, I feel. Yeah, I think so too. You know, the first six chapters, a lot is going on. And I think we talked about how, you know, the the first half of the book, it's called the Book of Signs. There's a, there's a lot of things happening. I think we've already seen five of the seven mm-hmm. signs. And, uh, but things really slow down in chapters seven and eight. Um, yeah, because we, we were talking before this. It's, it's a little harder to discuss too, because uh-huh. it just... Kind of seems like a lot has happened, but now the pace has slowed and we're starting to chew on Mm -hmm. what we've seen so far. There's a little bit of debate going on. A lot of bit of debate, Mm -hmm. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And I do think something that you do continue to see is the nature of different people's levels of belief. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the purpose John has been writing so that when we read about who Jesus is, when we read the things he says about himself... He wants us to have authentic belief. And you see so many different ways that people respond. You have the religious leaders, which we just saw a couple chapters ago. Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and they were irritated with that right. and confronted him about that. And And it's almost like their, yeah, their, their religiosity was so strong that, they, that they've, they've missed who Jesus is. Right. And they've already made up in their minds what they think about him, mm-hmm. and are now just kind of looking for ways to back up their point without humbly opening their eyes to maybe even questioning: mm-hmm. Could this guy? Could this guy really be the Messiah? Um, and then in the last chapter, we had the crowds. We had the feeding of the five thousand, and so these crowds were were there, and they were, you know, Jesus went the other the next day across the sea, and they chase him down, and um, you know, the text says they believe, but Jesus kind of calls them on it. He's like, "You you follow me because you." want to feed your stomachs like you want to see more of the show like they're not really into him um but we we saw that he then was really open and truthful with them and and he continues to probe at their belief and when people realized what it might take they walked away Mm -hmm. so honestly we kind of start this chapter off in a little bit of a depressing Mm -hmm. place yeah i mean we're back down to his disciples. He had this huge crowd and now it's shrunk down to, mm-hmm. to nothing. And um, so that's that's kind of where we're at, you know. Um, so so anyway, but yeah, we've seen a lot of things so far. And we'll uh, something else I think we're going to see in these chapters is we'll see the second I am statement. We saw I am the bread of life in chapter six. And this week we'll see. Uh, I am the light of the world. Light of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be uh, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and also important to note. The the setting of both of these chapters is uh, what the so this takes place during what would have been the celebration of the feast of tabernacles or okay. the feast of booths, mm-hmm. um, and this is kind of like it, I I heard that it was the largest celebration that that they would have had. It was like a combination of what we would have as like our Fourth of July and Thanksgiving because it okay. was celebrating their freedom having been liberated from Egypt, um, but it was also taking place at the end of harvest so it was like 
okay, thank you for all these things. Um, and so what they would do, um, our kids on Sunday morning, we just had them kind of celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles mm-hmm. kind of for fun. Um, but what they would do is they would um, camp out in kind of tents for uh-huh. like a week. Um, and they'd like have food like hanging all over their tents um, to, to commemorate having been um, rescued from Egypt and then living in the wilderness in tents. So. I know. I you know we always talk about the Passover, but I feel like this holiday, this is the one that I would want to celebrate. I feel I, like it'd be so fun, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they still do that to this day. I mean, I think Jerusalem people come in, they they just build these temporary mm-hmm. shelters. shelters. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, tents or maybe even just like particle board that they set up and just uh-huh. camp out. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like sounds like it'd be fun, a fun holiday. In fact, it just ended. I, I think by the time this releases, it'll be about a week and a half. Okay. You know, um, but when we're fil- recording, it, it was just a few days ago, the end of September, that yeah. this year's, I think they call it Sukkot. Is uh, yeah, that the I name of it? Right. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so yeah, that's the that's the backdrop. That's what's going on. That's what they're commemorating. So we talked about how John sort of marks Jesus' ministry by the Passovers. So last chapter, we had the last Passover before Jesus goes to the cross. So we're in the final year and now like skip forward about six months from, from last week. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at now. So we we're really down in the final six months. We're only, you know, it feels like we just started, but we're, we're down in the last six months of Jesus life. Um, So things are going to intensify. People are, you know, they've had enough time to really try to figure out who this guy is. And, and so, like I said, today is really just kind of about, debating and chewing on mm-hmm. on some of that. And so um, we'll kind of go through uh, an overview, some of the stuff we might stop and, and explore a few things as we go. Um, but anything else before we jump in? I don't think so. I okay. think we can go. All right, so uh, starting in chapter seven, I'm gonna read the, the first part of it just to set the stage and then I'm gonna summarize some of it. But uh, this is what it says. After this, Jesus went around Galilee. And again, that's kind of his, his home turf. Uh, he did not want to go about in Judea because... The Jewish leaders were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Okay, so we've, we talked about all these other groups. So we even get to see Jesus' own family here. Yeah. Um, Again, this is this is a little bit of a sad episode with with what's happening. You know, like even your own brothers don't believe you. And, right. and kind of what's going on here, they they know that Jesus is special, but um, they I, I think probably similar to what the crowds want uh, in that last chapter. They they want him to be this king, perhaps. Mm-hmm. They want him to be a Messiah in the way that they think he right. should be. Right. And uh, so they wanted him to come to Jerusalem for the, the festival and, and really make a name for himself. Yep. I mean, he's been going around for a while, and um, but that's not, that's not the plan. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of probably frustration surrounding uh, like, yeah. you know, his brothers have grown up hearing about his miraculous birth, I'm sure, their whole life. Yeah. Um, and, okay, so why aren't you going to do what we know you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus just doesn't do what they want him to. So yeah. that's yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. I, I think as we go through John, you see, you know, he makes it clear here they didn't believe him. But you you see some semblance of, of belief. Like they, they partially kind of knew that he was something special, uh-huh. you know, um, but what John is, is always getting at. And I think that's what this time through, as we've studied through it, 
He wants us to have full, true belief. And and I think as we look at these chapters and maybe a couple before, it's almost like we get a picture of that by seeing the wrong pictures of it, I mm-hmm. guess. So um, the brothers being one of those. So just to kind of summarize, brothers go down, Jesus stays in Galilee, and then he decides to change his mind and go in secret. So uh, some people think, oh, like, did he lie to them? I, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think um, he, he didn't go down in the way that they wanted him to, mm-hmm. but he does end up going down to Jerusalem. And um, so down in Jerusalem, we have the city. You're going to have more of the religious leaders there. We do get this sense that there's just a lot more skeptics mm-hmm. around that area than maybe the backwoods of Galilee. Um, And so people are murmuring. They know who this guy is. They're looking out for him. The Jewish leaders are looking for him. You know, it says some people say that he's a good man and others say, no, he's trying to deceive people. So there's just a lot of confusion and a lot of different thoughts going around. So about halfway through the feast, he decides to begin teaching. And as is the case, people are always amazed at the way he Mm -hmm. teaches. And and so, uh, but then you also have some of the religious leaders that, they began to question, like, how does he know these things? You know, he didn't gain education in the conventional ways. You know, you had Jewish leaders and rabbis that would often um, be a disciple, and um, but that doesn't seem to right. be the path Jesus took. And so, so they're just kind of questioning him. Um, and uh, there's one verse that I like that I'll throw up there. Verse 17, it says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. And so he's saying these things and people are questioning his authority for why. And um, But I think, again, we see this pattern that whenever we are open to God and when we're open to the things of him, we he reveals what we need to know and what we need to know to have belief. Um, so continued to see that. Uh, he continues to press them. He, he talks about how much they trust in Moses. Um, he even gives the example, you know, you guys trust in Moses so much that, that you're willing to break the Sabbath to circumcise a child. Um, but yet you criticize me for healing on the Sabbath and healing the whole man. So he's kind of bringing out their inconsistencies, trying to help them see that everything that was before points to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they continue on. uh, They question his birth. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, we won't know where the Messiah is from, but we know where this guy's from. And some say, well, we do know, you know, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem, but this guy's from Galilee. Um, So just all of this debate, um, which does kind of bring up one question. So on that specific thing, like Jesus doesn't, correct them he was born in bethlehem mm-hmm, and right. if they would have done their research they would have found that out why why i mean thoughts on that why do you think jesus wouldn't just outright say no okay you're you're wrong like you're you're misinformed yeah i um i think i was doing some reading on this and and um you know he he could have uh, there's a lot of argument going on so maybe he did try and talk over the argument maybe they didn't hear okay. him um i uh I had a thought and then it went out of my head of what I was going to say. That's fine. Um, I, again, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know this for sure, but I, I, I do think, yeah, the way that Jesus speaks, he, he longs, he, he speaks and he, he, oh, he that. longs for us to, to pursue him. And then, and I, and I do think it does show that a lot of these people, like they, they weren't even interested enough to check. So, well, and I, I think too, 
before he'd said, I, I remember what I was going to say, uh, before it is talked about how he makes things clear to his disciples, but a lot okay. of times he'll speak in parables so other people don't understand him, yeah. you know, and so maybe this is just like, it'll be revealed later. And, yeah. you know, because he does do that in chapter eight, you know, he says uh, later on, he'll say after our, after you, I've been raised up, you'll understand, you'll know. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe this is just another case where he's just saying, just, just wait, just hold off and yeah. you'll, you'll see, you'll yeah. see, you know. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And I think it's just kind of trying to draw out the right response, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyway, they go on, uh, you know, um, at one point the temple guards are there and the chief priests, they're like, why, why haven't you brought him in? You know, he's saying all these blasphemous things, which weren't quite that way because he really was who he said he was. Um, but they, you know, say, listen, you know, this guy teaches in such a different way and they couldn't put a hand on him. And, um, then there is one more instance there at the end where just, it brings up a character we've seen mm -hmm. before. And I, I'll, I'll kind of read that part with, with Nicodemus. So if you remember Nicodemus, we saw him in chapter three. He's this Pharisee that came to Jesus at night, seems to have somewhat of a curiosity, separate from probably most of the other Pharisees, but says Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? And then they replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So you see that his own company is mm -hmm. is quickly shutting him down right. um but it is interesting because even amongst the pharisees who we often criticize you do still have those that that are open and that's all that's all you need mm -hmm. um and so anyway so that's how chapter seven ends again it's it's just a lot of trying to process who this guy is trying to see and, and for us i think as readers on this side of the cross just watching people try to grasp can i trust this guy or not so yeah. i don't know any more thoughts as we before we jump into chapter eight no nope, i think that was a good <laughs> okay yeah i think that was a good summary yeah and, yeah yep. okay okay well i'll let you uh take us from from here okay so anyway okay yeah so chapter eight is just kind of more of the same uh just arguments back and forth with the pharisees it does start with a story um that kind of has some interesting circumstances around that text um which we'll talk about in just a few minutes yeah um but it just kind of continues on jesus and the pharisees are just kind of arguing this time they're arguing a lot about well well what are your witnesses what who's who's backing up the testimony that you're giving right mm -hmm. now um and jesus he speaks a lot about Abraham in this chapter. Because um, uh -huh. we've talked a lot about Moses. Yes. And so, yeah, now we're getting yeah, into so Abraham. Now we're, we're appealing all the way back to Abraham, yeah. who was before Moses. Mm -hmm. um, and it ends with a pretty powerful statement uh, by Jesus um, with a claim to pretty much uh, a deity that that was undeniable. So Yeah, yeah, which I think you, we're getting close to the cross. So yes. things, there's, yes. they're boiling boiling over yes. I and mean, we're, we're getting to that right. to the boiling point i guess right, so right. anyway yeah um so i think we'll just start out yeah. by mm -hmm. reading this first section okay okay um what do you want to read that yeah first i can section for us yep yep so starting in verse one so actually the very end of chapter seven so then they all went home verse one of chapter eight but jesus went to the mount of olives at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them the teachers of the law and the pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, 
In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. Yeah, so that's like a pretty famous story. It is, yeah. Uh, that, that uh, you know, he who has no sin cast the first stone. That's a pretty, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people know that verse. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, even people who don't follow Jesus will use that verse to, to quote, you yes. know, don't judge me. Yeah, um, sure. And and I, I think this is one of those stories that seems to just sum up Jesus in a nutshell. Uh-huh. You know, we always talk about Jesus was 100% grace, 100% uh-huh. truth. And this is one of, like, I, I can't think of another story that seems to portray that better than this one. Uh-huh. But if you look in your Bible, it's kind of bracketed. Yes. And it'll say, um, let's see, it says, the earliest manuscripts and many other ancient witnesses do not have John seven fifty three through eight eleven. Yeah, and so um, I think that you know it didn't appear until much later writings. Sure. Um, and when it did start to appear, sometimes it would be here, sometimes it would be earlier in John, sometimes it'd be later than, sometimes it'd be in Luke. Yeah, because it seems to kind of be thrown in. Yes. Because we are still at this feast, and uh-huh. it, it really it doesn't seem doesn't to fit, fit. right yeah. here. Um, and so. It doesn't contradict anything about Jesus. Okay. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not something that is not, you know, not true of him or yeah. true of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like, well, this probably wasn't in the original Gospel of John. So yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of an additional writing that, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it probably some, maybe something similar happened, yeah. but this probably wasn't in the original uh, gospel. Yeah. And yeah. And I think what you said, just because it wasn't, and I, I pretty strongly don't think that John wrote right. this, um, just because it wasn't, doesn't mean it's not something that was true. And, and kind of one thought, and, and I think given what this story is, it makes sense to me. Yeah. John probably didn't write it. It was probably added later, but I think it was probably one of those stories that maybe through oral tradition, yes. And because it does so well sum up mm-hmm. who Jesus is, it's like, man, we've got to get this in here. So, right. I mean, I think it's important for everyone, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But also, I think it still probably is very likely mm-hmm. that it's something that did happen. Right. It just didn't happen to be written by John right. and was probably added later. Right. So. Um, but it is, you know, just a, a, an interesting story. Again, has the element of, of Pharisees trying to trap Jesus. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they bring in this woman, and it's a problematic situation to begin with because yeah. they bring in the woman caught in adultery. Don't bring in the guy. Right. Um, yeah, when you think about it, there's a lot of questions. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Where, where, is, where is the guy? Yeah. How, how did... Adultery you, takes two. Yes. Yep. Um, how did, you know, they, they find her at this exactly right right time. Um, yep. Seems seems to be kind of a setup, you right. know? Yeah, like uh, were they hiding under the bed? Yes, were they, yes. Yeah. And, and they bring, him, bring, him bef- bring her before Jesus and it's, you know, okay, we're going to put Jesus between a rock and a hard place. If he says, you got to kill him, well, he can't go against Rome. Only Rome can issue capital punishment. But if he says, you know, we, we don't stone her, well... 
the the law of Moses says that we're supposed to stone such women. So yeah. we're going to trap him. And, and that's very clear mm-hmm. what their purpose was in this. Um, and then there's just some interesting details in the story. Like Jesus bends down and starts to write in the dirt. Yeah. And, you know, what was he writing? Everyone speculates. You know? well, yeah. what, what could that be? Yeah. So uh-huh. some, it's, it's written a couple of times. You uh-huh. would think it's probably significant, but we just... Yeah, because some people have said, well, maybe he was, you know, writing the sins of those who are, mm-hmm. you know, bringing her before them. Or maybe maybe yeah. he's not writing anything. He's just saying, showing how much he's disregarding the situation. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. care what they're saying, you know. Sure. Um, we don't know. It doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, a weird detail. But, uh, you know, he tells them, uh, he who has no sin cast the first stone. And that mm-hmm. causes them to look inwardly and to recognize Oh, well, I'm not perfect. I have sinned. <laughs> um, yeah. And and one by one, the older down to the younger starts to walk away mm-hmm. until this woman is left all alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Jesus says, you know, look around. Has anyone here condemned you? And he, then he tells her to go and leave her life of sin. Um, one of the commentaries I was reading talked about um, how this grace given, you know, um, demands a, a, a response of, of godliness after. So sure. Jesus Jesus gives her grace with the exhortation of go and sin no more, you know, leave your life of sin. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. You know, I I I struggle with this passage some, uh-huh. you know, because I do think yeah, the the law did st- say that. And I uh-huh. I don't think that it was regularly practiced. And we get that sense that this, you know, where we're at in Jewish culture, there's probably a lot of laws that are not Enforced. fully, yes. Mm-hmm. And then some that were were added that right. are more enforced than they should be. Right. Um, but I, I think I, yeah, I always do just kind of struggle a little bit with that. But I, but I think something that if you look throughout John, we need to remember Jesus, when we say that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, like he, he is the law and he is the interpreter of the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, he embodies it. So I don't know. I feel like that plays into the decision that he makes. And I think what you see here is, is really a microcosm of, what Jesus is for all of us mm-hmm. that man through him, we are not condemned, mm-hmm. but through what he's done, he desires our obedience. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of that too. Right. Um, kind of just a, a, a thought, you know, this is a good example of that grace and, and truth. Um, why do you think this story matters for us today? And, and maybe where do you think that the church and Christians are in exemplifying this example of Jesus. Do you think we do a pretty good job? Do you think we err on one side or the other? I don't think you can blanket statement the entire church as choosing mm-hmm. is going one way or the other. Yeah. I do think in history the church has swung on both sides of, of pendulum. Yeah. Where we have, you know, been very legalistic, uh, but then at the other side been too far in oh people can do whatever yeah. you know whatever um and so i think it i think it depends on on your circumstance and where you know the mm-hmm. the church that you've been a part of um i do think that um you know we are we are called to stand for truth mm-hmm. but i think the way that you speak truth is really important and sure. you know paul tells us to speak truth in love um we're not always very good at doing that mm-hmm. um we're not always very good at the love part. We're not always very good at the truth part. Yeah. Jesus was good at both parts. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we need to remember and see. 
loving people into a um, into a place where they they recognize their need um, their need for a savior. So. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's good, and I think this is just another example. Jesus, he presses people to move toward true belief and true faith, and um, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, and I agree with you. Like various churches will fall in different places, even in the in the same time. But I think you know we do a really good job at, at bringing people in and um, you know celebrating their decision to follow Jesus and and they you know are baptized and but there still is more to it mm-hmm. um, and more continued encouragement and, and spurring on toward toward the life that God has yeah allowed us shows us to live, uh-huh. which is is it's good and has created for us uh-huh. to live you know? yeah yeah um and i i just that's where i wonder if if there are maybe area ways to grow in mm-hmm. that you know because i think we're we're great there at the beginning but um but there is more than mm-hmm. just hey you made this decision you're good i yeah. mean throughout john faith is it has to be ongoing right. in this ongoing relationship you right. know and that's i think that becomes more and more apparent the more we, we, we read yeah. through so yeah, yeah. anyway all right. Um, yeah. So just kind of an interesting story. Yeah, little it is a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're kind of back into the back into the conflict yeah, yeah. again. Here, um, it doesn't, tabernacles doesn't go away. Um, I just wanted to read verse twelve real quick. Um, will you read verse twelve? Yeah, that yeah, has our 12. second. Yes. I yes. Am. So here's the second I am. Yeah. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." Yeah, so again, coming off of this Feast of Tabernacles where the menorah would have been kind of, you know, in their celebration. Yeah, so what's the menorah? It's a candle holder. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it has in the, the temple. Uh, yes, yes, uh-huh. and it has the, you know, the, the, the light yes. of the presence of light, or yeah. light of the presence yeah. or whatever. I've, I've read that, and I also read that during this festival that there were, like, even additional lamps that they would okay. set up that would go above the temple walls and so, like, you could see from the whole city uh-huh. at nighttime this light. Okay. So, so I think what, what what we're pointing out, when Jesus says these things, there is often something around right. that is significant. Yes. Um, even in chapter 7, I didn't mention mm-hmm. it, but there's another point where he says, like, I'm, you know, like a, a fountain overflowing. But as a part of this festival, there was, they would, like, pour water mm-hmm. at the temple as kind of a, a symbol of something. And so possibly a lot of these visual pictures were very visual for the people that were there. They're, they're seeing these things. What I I like about John, the book of John is that he, that it shows so much of like the old Testament, you know, God's so good to give us pictures because we forget and we, we, you know, we're not good at remembering things, but, but God's so good throughout all of time. He gives us these pictures and then Jesus comes and he's like, Oh yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. That man. Yeah. That was me. Uh-huh. You know, that, that water from the rock. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and here again, this light. Yeah, I'm the light. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's really cool. I think that's really, um, uh, uh, you know, something maybe that they, they obviously didn't see it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think after Jesus rose, it was like, oh, oh, 
oh, look at all that, yeah. you know, that, that happened. Well, you just think what great lengths God went to to make yes. sure that we would know yes. that we wouldn't miss who Jesus was. Right. And we, we, we are still living in that. I uh-huh. mean, we have this history. And that's why, like, I love going through the Old Testament. Uh-huh. I love that we do our cover to cover yes. class on Sunday. And I sometimes get so sad because I feel like mm-hmm. there are so many people that are missing out yes. on how, and it just, it bolsters your belief. It bolsters uh-huh. your faith so much. And it just shows how much God cares for us uh-huh. and doesn't want us to be apart from him. Right. Right. You know? um, and so in, in this specific instance, you know, I'm, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. Um, and that kind of was speaking about truth, you know, mm-hmm. like the light stood for truth and, and you are supposed to walk in the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what Jesus is saying, you know, it's, it's true. And um, that also had, you know, messianic implications. So the Jews are then, Oh, I see what you're saying here, you know, and so then, then this starts this, you know, whole long discussion about, um, well, well, you, you're saying all these things, but what, what, who are your witnesses? Who's, who's, you know, coming alongside you and, and vouching for you? Yeah. Um, and already Jesus has given a lot of those, you know, mm-hmm. he's talked about John the Baptist. Yeah. He's talked his, about his, his signs, his miracles, his signs, mm-hmm. his miracles. He's talked about his father and they've already discounted all of those things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Those, those don't count. Those don't count. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've said, you know, oh, I do these miracles. Well, those are from the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, John the Baptist, he, he's crazy. You know, like they don't, they don't count those things. And so, yeah. um, then Jesus kind of goes back to all the way to Abraham mm-hmm. and they start to have kind of this conversation about Abraham. Um, so in verse 31, so I'll, I'll read 31 through, I think it's 41 okay. here. So it's up there. Yeah. Uh, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. So he kind of goes back to to Abraham and and tells them, you know, starts talking about, you know, being children of Abraham. And and they they say, well, we're Abraham. We've never been a slave to anybody, Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean, just at the the very basic level is ridiculous. They've just come off of the Feast of Tabernacles, which has celebrated their freedom from being slaves in Egypt. So uh-huh. that's just one example of yes. the slavery that they themselves have had. Um, but Jesus, of course, is talking about, you know, them being slaves to sin mm-hmm. and um, how that's what he's come to free people from is, yeah. is the slavery of sin. Yeah. And, and they, that is not what they that is not what they believe to be true. And so they're just, there's no room for that in their, in their brain. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've closed themselves off to thinking what, um, or to what is real thinking and what is, what is true thinking. They just, they don't have room for it. Yeah. So they're not even going to think about it at all. Yeah. And you, uh, yeah, that, that stubbornness uh-huh. is such an enemy to faith. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's similar to kind of 
we see that in our own world. You know, people, they, they don't believe truth and, and their mind is closed to mm-hmm. any sort of truth that may come in, even if it is true, yeah. you know, uh-huh. um, if it doesn't fit what, what is already so going on in their head, they're not going to, no amount of proof is going to be good enough for them. And that's kind of how it was for uh, these Pharisees. And, yeah. and Jesus says to them, you're, you're not going to believe until you see me raised up. You're not going to believe until it's already happened, until that I've already gone to the cross and raised from the dead. And that's kind of, you know, that makes you think a little bit of, you know, Peter at Pentecost speaking to all these people and, and they say, oh, oh yeah, okay, I see it now. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he kind of just continues to have this argument about them, eventually calls them, you know, children of the devil. Yes, uh-huh. um, that's a very endearing term. Yes, uh-huh. which which they don't really appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's honest about, yeah, he's honest about their belief. Like you, it it is not real unless you back it up. But right yes. now, if you were to look at your lives, this is who you belong to. And and we all either belong to one or uh-huh. the other, uh-huh. you know, that's that's a sobering thought. And he mm-hmm. knows they're trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he knows that. And yeah. That's yeah. Kind in of, their mind, yes. they are, have this malicious yes. evil in them, yes. you know? And that's kind of what his, his proof is, is like, look, you're, you're trying to kill me. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. I know what's true and yeah. you're trying to kill me. And then, yeah. you know, of course they take offense to that. True. Um, my favorite part of this is the very end mm-hmm. of this chapter. Um, I didn't, I don't think we have it on the screen, but um, the, the ending verses, you know, Jesus is talking to them again about Abraham and, and he says something to the effect of, you know, Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced and was glad. Mm. And they're like, Abraham, you know, that, that was thousands of years ago. You're not even 50 years old and you've seen Abraham. And then mm-hmm. Jesus has this like zinger line at the end that I really like. And he says, um, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered before Abraham was born. I am, mm-hmm. um, and I, that, that I am statement, you know, that makes you think all the way back to Moses in the burning bush. Because mm-hmm. when, when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, God said, who, who are you? You know, who shall I say has sent me? And, and God says, I am. And so Jesus, using that same language, um, tells them, I am. I was then, I am now, and I will be to come. Mm-hmm. And they freak out you know because mm-hmm. this is this is a pretty bold like straightforward claim yeah i am god mm-hmm. um and this you know at this they pick up stones to stone him stone him but he gets through the crowd and walks away yeah so yeah that's my probably my favorite part yeah yeah, yeah. no and that's good i mean you you see such a climactic end to this ongoing debate and and it's almost like in in this real time you 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 see people's either hearts hardening uh-huh. or, or others that might be a little more curious that are, that are following them. But definitely with these religious leaders, it's you, you see the stubbornness, like yeah. I said, that is such an enemy to faith mm-hmm. and, and it, and it can happen to us today as well. Yeah. You know, it may not be that we are confused about the identity of Jesus. Right. We may recognize he's the son of God, but sometimes in our life, like we're in circumstances that we maybe, you know, don't understand. And, um, but in every instance, it's trusting that God is, in control and trusting um, that he has a plan. And that's not always easy. Um, and But he desires that humbleness and desires an openness 
um, to hearing hearing his voice. So, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Good work. Kind of taking us yeah. through chapter eight. These are very yeah. full chapters. There's <laughs> a lot true. lot going on. And um, so if you were to sum up, yeah, maybe looking at what we saw, what would be maybe your prove it moment, that moment that stuck out to you as something you can apply to your life? Yeah, I, I really like that part where he talks about um, freedom. Um, and I'm trying to see where exactly where it is, but, um, whoever's a slave is, a, or everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But if the sun sets you free, mm-hmm. you are free indeed. Um, and I think that's a really, you know, I think that maybe even can go back a little bit to that woman, you know, the, the woman who was facing all, all of the Pharisees ready to stone her. Um, Jesus set her free, mm-hmm. the free freedom from guilt, freedom from shame. Um, and, and oh, being able to walk in newness and, and that's what we've been given. And that's what Jesus came to give all people. Um, and what a gift that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, so I think that's yeah probably mine. No, that's good. Yeah. I think looking at this and maybe it taps into, you know, where we've been so far in all these chapters. Sometimes I look at John and when I see all these people that are missing it, it makes me nervous, you know, and I think, am I missing it too? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I don't think that's a bad question to ask because it makes you continue to reevaluate what what is true belief and do I really believe? And even in, in the midst of, of these bad examples, there still is so much hope with some of the things that Jesus says because he is still very clear just in, in multiple ways that if we turn to him, he will, he will give us that belief. He'll right. give us that food that, you know, lasts into eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, is, and that's where it begins. It's just, it begins with that relationship with him. It's don't trust in, you know, anything else. It starts there. And and I just think the hope of knowing that as long as I continue to keep my eyes on him, as long as I continue to turn to him in every moment of my life and filter every, you know, decision I make and um, filter my thoughts on every circumstance that I'm in through a relationship with him, it's it's good. And that that's what he desires. And right. so, I don't know, I find you know, a little bit of, you know, angst, but then that just gives me so much hope as well. So anyway, well, thank you guys for joining us again this week. And we will start next week in John chapter nine, where we finally get back to uh, another Another, sign. Another sign. Yes, yes. So anyway, well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, as always, I just encourage you to read along and uh, we will see you next week.